This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Today on Entrepreneurs Get Visible, we're talking about an extremely important part of building your personal brand, which is building your tribe and how to actually do that. And when you build your tribe, all sorts of great things happen for you. And I'm joined today by Julie Creffield. Hello, Julie, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. So you help people build their communities and work out how to leverage them. Yeah. That's my interpretation. Is that what you would describe that you do? Yeah, I help people to build profitable tribes. So rather than just having heaps and heaps of followers, I help people turn browsers into buyers. Oh, that's a nice little catchphrase. I'm guessing you've used that before. (laughs) (laughs) So you are at the moment, tell listeners where you are at the moment, because I'm a little bit envious. (laughs) So I have left the grey and miserable London where I'm normally based, and I'm currently residing on the Greek island of Rhodes, where I'm writing my next book. Ah, Amazing. And your next book is really about this topic. It's called yeah. Leading from the Back. And when when is this expected to come out? So it's due out on the 1st of December. Ah, so you really do need to get cracking and get this one written. So, so talk to us about what it looks like when you get it right in terms of building your tribe. What are the possibilities that open up for, for you and for other people then in their businesses? I think when you've got an a impactful and loyal tribe, business is just easier to do a lot of the resistance that we find in terms of always having to chase new clients, always having to come up with fresh ideas for marketing. When you have a loyal tribe of people that are with you on your journey, it's just easier to get inspiration, to sell to the same people over and over again without exhausting that audience. And it feels good to be connected to people on a real human level rather than having people, you know, the churn of clients coming and going, coming and going. It creates stability in your business. Yeah, and a sense of belonging on a much more, you know, if we look away from the profit, there's, there is purpose and there's meaning in developing and strengthening relationships and that sense of tribe. Now, I know you and I had a conversation privately a few weeks ago about the fact that the word tribe right now is a challenging word. My heritage is actually Scottish. I am a part of a clan, which is a tribe. And I know that someone actually criticizes maybe a bit of a strong word, but someone criticized me recently for using the word tribe and how important it is to think about tribe and community as you're going about your business. And actually, you know what? I do think it's important. And I don't think it just means one thing. I think it means lots of things and lots of things about bringing people together with a common purpose. Yeah. And, you know, I've been doing this for 20 odd years, probably didn't call it tribe building, you know, in the start, but definitely around community and culture and diversity and how we bring people together from diverse backgrounds to share a common goal. And I think that's what we're looking for, not just in business, but in life. We're looking to build family, to build connection, to build that sense of belonging. And yes, the word tribe can be problematic in the way that some people have kind of appropriated it. But I think when you have a real understanding of 
the use of the word and all of its context and you use it authentically and ethically, then I personally don't think the word should stop being used. I just think we should be more mindful about how it's being used. The further implications. So what led you to this work then, Julie? Why is this what you do now? I just naturally bring people together. I've always done it. I've always found it really easy to bring people together who have opposing views and to think about what is the common goal, the common purpose. I worked for eight years on the London 2012 Olympics, helping with policy around the Games Maker program. And I think if you can get 70,000 people to work for free over the summer, there's probably nothing that you can't do in terms of bringing people together. So, and I think it stems from this idea of, I don't want to do things by myself. It's much easier to collaborate. It feels better to create. Joyful. It's more joyful. It's fun. It's fun and collaborative and it's about, for me, it's about legacy. It's about how many people can I interact with on a deep level and have us share an experience together. So what does this look like then for people right now building businesses? Because we've got this massive growth of the Facebook group and um, the, you know, the Instagram followers and the influencers. How can we really make that work? And do you think we've got to a saturation point with it in terms of the online space? I think that there are many ways to build an online tribe. And I think what's happened is people think that there's only one way, that you have to be a certain type of person, that you have to do it in a certain way. So Facebook groups, everyone feels like they have to have a free Facebook group. Everyone feels like they have to be on Instagram. And actually, when you find your unique tribe leadership style, which is one of the things that I teach to my clients, then you work out that you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. You do it in the most aligned way for you. And that is about true leadership. You know, you cannot have an online following unless you are willing to lead people somewhere. And that is about having vision and it's about having ethics and boundaries and all of those things. And it doesn't matter what you're selling. It's not necessarily for coaches or influencers. It could be product based. You know, any kind of business owner that wants to build a following has to show people what it is they're working towards. because that's what, and what it is they represent, Absolutely. what they stand what for. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's so much noise on social media. And the only differentiator we have is ourselves. We have to bring ourselves to the table and tell our unique stories and share our unique view on the world and do things in the way that feels most aligned to us. There's real vulnerability in that though, Julie. Absolutely. I mean, for me, it's always about the three Bs. Be visible, be vulnerable and be valuable. You can you can see that we are actually a little bit aligned there with what we think. <laughs> for sure, absolutely. But it's the vulnerability piece that people find so hard because the message is to be successful, you've got to be the best and you've got to be slick and you've got to be professional and you've got to have your stuff together. And actually that, you couldn't be further from the truth because not all of us want to buy from people that are slick. Not all of us want to buy from people that sound the same. And so it's about finding your people, the people that, you know, you're their cup of tea. It's one of the reasons I talk about this in terms of podcasting a lot. People say, well, my accent isn't proper and therefore people won't won't want to listen to me. Well, actually... It's your quirks, your foibles, your mannerisms, your the, the imperfections of you that come through your voice and through the stories that you tell and the little slip-ups that you make about maybe you've said something more personal than you intended. It's those things that people go, oh, I get that. Absolutely. And, and it's not about giving away everything. Yeah. It's not, I don't have to tell you what's and all about the argument I had with my husband the other night or what I told my children off for over dinner, but just... That little implication that my life isn't all roses can actually help people 
go, okay, we're talking to a human here. This is someone I relate to. Yeah, it's that human connection. When we as leaders, as as role models, however you want to see yourself, when we show 100% ourselves, it gives other people permission to do this, to the, do the same. And that's what we're looking for is permission to be ourselves, really. Mm. And in this in this modern world, then, do you think there are people who aren't cut out to build their own tribe? No, I think there are different personality types and there are different types of tribes that are best aligned to those personality types. And it's why I have a tool um, that's all about archetypes and being able to spot your archetype. And I have something called the diamond method that helps you to kind of find your unique way of shining. Is this going in your book? A little bit of it will be, a little bit will be. But the book is more generally about tapping into your story tapping into your authenticity and doing things your way like there's no blueprint you know we can teach tactics we can teach strategy but people have to do it in their own way because otherwise it feels you know not authentic there is no rinse and repeat there are there are things that can work but they only work if you show yourself yeah for sure and so you have a podcast coming out so we've been talking about Judy's podcast which is going to be called or if you're listening now and she's already launched it, it's called Finding Your Peeps. So tell us a little bit about the concept behind that show. So it's about audience growth and audience development, but it's also about finding people that you want to do business with, whether that's clients, whether that's partners, whether that's advocates, because we do get to choose. Sometimes we have this thing that, oh, we'll work with everybody. I want to work with everybody. And no, we don't. You know, all of us come across people that were like, oh, I don't really want to work with them. So it's about finding the people that you want to spend a lot of time with. Some of us that love being in business spend more time with our clients than we do our friends and family. So we might as well have fun. We might as well work with the people that we're inspired by. And there's also kind of nothing worse than working with someone because you come from that place of lack, thinking I might never get another client, the peaks and troughs of being an entrepreneur. It happens to us all, particularly in the early days of business, that you take on a client that is not a good fit, that is not, does not instinctively feel like one of your people. Yeah. And there is a painful fallout from that. Absolutely. They become the worst kind of marketing for you. You know, you don't want them screaming and shouting about your business because you don't want to attract more people like them. And and not only do you not want them screaming and shouting about you, but they can help they can help you knock your own confidence because you cannot get a result for someone who isn't a good fit for you. Yeah. Because you're literally talking different languages. Yeah. And it's not about being mean. It's not it's not about saying, oh, I don't work with people like that. Everybody finds their people, you know, and that's what it's about. It's about not worrying so much about judgment and people not liking you, you know, just knowing that there's enough people in the world that will resonate with the way you are. What's it meant for you then to find your tribe in the online space? Oh, God. Particularly this year, you know, particularly during COVID when the whole world was like panicking and pivoting and just really stressing out, I was able to to breathe and to to say my business is going to be okay because I've done the donkey work, because I've got that loyal tribe because I've got credibility in the thing that I do. I don't need to rush around changing all my products and services. And it just means I can show up as myself. Like it's so freeing to be able to write emails in my own tone of voice and to go on a Facebook live and not have to worry about doing my hair. It's just, it's just awesome. It's just incredible. And it's given me the freedom to really consider what is it, what is it I want to do with my business? What, do I want my legacy to be, which seems like this big, 
you know, idea. But ultimately, that's what it's about, you know. So what do you want that to be? I want to make business kinder, which mm. for somebody like the, me that's a bit kind of rough around the edges and quite, you know, straight talking, there is a business case for kindness. There is a business case for being really honest about what you want, what you expect, what your boundaries are. And I think that there is probably a shift coming in the world around how women in particular do business. I don't work particularly with, you know, I don't work just with women, but I am seeing a shift in how women show up online. What do you see that as? From what towards what? Yeah, I think there has been a lot of fear and scarcity and a lot of women behaving in quite masculine ways to, to, to kind of get success. And I think what we're seeing now is that that's not the only way to be a leader. It's not the only way to do business. And so I see a rise in more kind of ethical marketing and, you know, less being triggered by everybody and feeling like less than. I think that the result of lockdown, and I know it's not the case in every household, but in many households, predominantly it's the women who are doing the school run, coming home, doing the school dinners, running around. And that also that sense for women of needing to look perfect. I come across this in terms of doing Facebook Lives and visibility. Whenever I talk about visibility for people, there's so many reasons why oh, my hair wasn't perfect. So I couldn't do that. I hadn't got my lipstick on. I hadn't done my eyebrows. I needed a wax. Whatever. I haven't done the eyelash. Whatever. Because of lockdown, where we all know we're all at home every single day in our joggers, not leaving the house. Probably, you know, your, your whole work clothing just did kind of migrate into, well, is it sleepwear, loungewear, workwear? It's kind of a hybrid. I think that that has actually taken a tremendous pressure off. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. And I know I run a plus size fitness business and I did a TEDx talk a couple of years ago about the fear of judgment, you know. And it was, is that the, What was the title of it? Can people go find it? It was called Living a Bigger Life. And so it was based on the premise that, two million fewer women than men play sport because of the fear of judgment and so from my perspective I was like well if women are not playing sport because of fear what else are they not doing so are they not launching businesses are they not going out dating are they not climbing mountains like what are all these opportunities that women are letting pass them by because they're so afraid of what people might think or what people might say which to me seemed incredibly sad and it's something I strongly resonate with. There were lots of things I didn't do before I discovered that actually it's my own blocks that were stopping me from doing things. And that's one of the reasons why this podcast sits here now. It's why I'm in a recording booth and all those kinds of things. But what does this look like then for someone who go who, who just thinks, you know, I do, I do feel like I want to lead in some way. I do want my own tribe so that I can sell to them, but also so that I feel more connected. Yeah. What does that look, what does that mean really in, in, in tangible actions that people can take? Yeah. I think it starts with getting real clarity over what you desire. What is it you want? Not what do you think is possible? Not what do you think you deserve, but what do you truly desire? When your goals are based on excitement and fun and abundance you're much more likely to get them rather than, well, I need to make two grand a month to survive. Like, it's not about surviving. It's about saying, this is what I truly desire and kind of tapping into that energy rather than the survival energy that a lot of us kind of, you know, build our businesses on. So I think it starts with that. And I think it starts with having the courage to share those desires publicly. 
So when you're saying I'm building this business because I desire my life to look like this and I believe in this other thing, which is about making the world slightly better or improving somebody else's life, people buy into that. Yeah, they, they absolutely do. It. And I think there's, some, there's something incredibly vulnerable about doing that for the very first time, potentially, or sharing a little bit more about yourself that you've not done before. And what amazes and astounds me is someone will say to me, maybe I've not met them before, but they'll say, you know, I followed you for two years and I really noticed when you said such and such. And I think I haven't written about that for 18 months, but it's that sense of connection. And in fact, just this in the last week or two, I've had three people say to me, who've come on discovery calls, say to me, Anna, I feel like I know you. Now there's a reason for that. That's because my marketing and I've got my inverted comment, comma fingers up, my marketing, but also I know who I want to speak to. And I know that if I tell you about me, bits of me, you're going to get me. You're going, there's going to be some kind of level of resonance, sense of belonging. And it's really incredibly powerful to, when you have those conversations that are potentially sales calls, but that actually feel that you're talking to someone who's on the team. Yeah. Yeah. And then it doesn't become a big sell. Yeah. And we don't want to be working with people that we have to convince to work with us. I mean, that energy just feels off for both players. You know, we want to be having converting conversations that are just fun and about the logistics and talking through the detail rather than having to convince and, you know, just that that doesn't work for me. So what does work? I think people that are willing to show up as themselves and to say, this is the area I need help with. These are the things I'm afraid of. And and this is my goal. I want to know what people desire, what they truly desire beyond the, you know, the ego driven things of, oh, I want to be a six figure coach or I want to have 10,000 Instagram followers and all of that kind of stuff. And it's fine to have those as goals, but I don't think that's the end goal. No. And and the thing is, once you create those things, there's always going to be something beyond that is a bigger number. For sure. And so what sits behind that? Why? Why do you want that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was guilty of that in the early days of being online. I was like, oh, if only I could make 10 grand a month. And then you get to 10 grand, you're like, oh, maybe it's 20 grand. You know, and, and COVID was a massive wake up call to me to look at actually what are my values? How do I want to live my life? And my biggest value is freedom. And actually being here in Greece, I've realized I have done what I set out to do. I've created freedom. I can run my business from anywhere in the world. And I've created financial safety, you know, financial freedom for myself. And that is through tribe, you know. At what point did you realize that this was central to your beliefs? I think I started a blog 10 years ago because I felt really lonely. And the minute people started emailing me and saying, oh, my God, I feel exactly the same. It just showed the potential for technology and the the potential for building a family outside of your own family, one where you have similar values, shared ideas, and it's the potential to impact on somebody's life, even if it's a tiny in a tiny way. Like there's something super powerful about knowing that you know, 10 million people have read something that you've written. I mean, that is incredible. It is amazing. If that's not legacy, I don't know what is. For me, it's it's when you get messages from people you've never met to say that thing you said or when you wrote, I got that. 
Yeah. Wow. That that's for me. I've talked quite a lot about the ripple effect. Yeah. So in practical terms, then for someone who is maybe at the earliest stages of their business, maybe yeah. they're a coach, maybe they're not. What would you say to them are practical steps that they can take to start with building their tribe? Yeah. I think one of the archetypes is the storyteller. And I don't think you can build the tribe without using that archetype. So even if you're not a natural born storyteller, it's definitely a craft that you can learn. So I would encourage everybody to to start telling stories. And the stories don't have to be your life story. They can be what you had for breakfast this morning. It can be the fact that you fell over. You know, it, it doesn't have to be hugely connected to what your business does but people just want to see who you are and stories help with connection over and above any other type of content and it doesn't always have to be super heavy it doesn't it could be really fun I mean I'm forever taking the mickey out of myself if I wake up with dodgy hair I take a photo and I tell a story about it and people love cats people love kids people love what you've had for dinner you know we just want to connect. I didn't have a very nice dinner people probably wouldn't <laughs> like that so much we were doing hello fresh at the moment and it was a bit dodgy maybe at me but, but there's a story there right otherwise why would I share that there's definitely a story and I had lentil soup and although it was very delicious it looked like poo you know and so you know there are stories everywhere <laughs> Amazing. So Julie has come on my podcast and what we talked about is lentil poo soup. So there you go, listeners. That is your biggest takeaway from today's episode. Julie's really laughing now. So thank you, Julie, for coming on. And so Finding Your Peeps is going to be out soon because it's the podcast we've been we've been discussing. Do you have a launch date for that yet? So anyone who is who's listening later, who's maybe in a few months time, maybe they can just head over and have a listen to you right now. I'm thinking the end of January. Okay. So a few months to go. <laughs> she's going to have a killer launch. You I can am. guess who she's worked with. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening today about how to build your tribe. And I hope it's given you some food for thought about the meaning that sits behind the want to build that tribe, the want to have that audience engagement. Again, is my comma fingers. It's more than that. If you touch people, if you speak to people and they really get you, it's a whole different ball game. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, Judy. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.